and you'll be inspired to just answer those questions, write those prompts, and it'll flow. So try that. Welcome, everyone, to the Fail Fast Podcast. Today with us, directly from Miami, Florida, we have a transformation coach, an holistic health and wellness expert. She's a meditation teacher, speaker, author, and she also is a fellow podcaster at the Thriver mm -hmm. Lifestyle Podcast. Mm -hmm. From Miami, Florida, like I said, Marianne Bacol Uba. How are you, Marianne? Hi, I'm great. Thank you for having me. Yeah, no problem. Thank you for coming. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited to share my failing fast story. Perfect. So um, I just went along and um, told everybody how you're a transformation coach, mm -hmm. holistic health and wellness, meditation teacher and all that. Um, what, is this, what does this mean for us that don't know? So what I do, and it all kind of goes together, is um, I transform my own life. Uh, started about four years ago uh, through holistic healing, health and wellness. So meditation um, through different like, spiritual and like holistic practices, changing my lifestyle diet, uh, my mindset. And this really came because of something that happened to me personally. So my whole career, I've always, you know, been doing, uh, I had a marketing agency, um, I worked in corporate, then I had my own company, and um, I always felt I had a double life. Mm -hmm. So growing up, uh, I'm Asian American, and growing up, you, it's a culture where it's very, it's all about the image, right? You know, you're not supposed to shame the family, you're not supposed to you know, talk about any deep issues. You're supposed to just get good grades, be obedient and, you know, follow the rules. Yeah. And so that was my life. I went to school, got good grades, went to college, did the corporate thing. Um, and from the outside looking in, people probably would have thought like, wow, she has it everything together. You know, uh, I had a great job at 27 um, years ago. I was the marketing director for one of the largest uh, Asian retail and grocery stores that was nationwide. Um, I was a food writer and I would, you know, do like food blogger, work with a lot of restaurants and chefs. Um, I had a great social life. So like from what you would think, right, like on social media, everyone's like, oh, you, she's happy and perfect. But in reality, I actually suffered from severe PTSD. Um, I was depressed. I was suicidal. Um, I had a, uh, an alcohol and drug abuse problem because of trauma from childhood sexual abuse that I never, I just didn't address, okay. you know, I didn't take care of. I, it, so it manifested in different ways and I tried to ignore that that was an issue and you just pretend that everything's good. And, you know, at one point in my life, I couldn't even be by myself because I would be filled with so much anxiety or, you know, mm -hmm. and all that stuff. So I, I did the, therapy, prescription, all that, but all that was really to numb it for me. It all just numbed it, and it was all a way to forget reality. Um, and then I, huge, I had a huge wake-up call when I was 28. Um, I overdosed, and I nearly died. Wow. So that's, uh, and I had a near-death experience, and I actually was an out-of-body near-death experience, and I saw myself, you know, like I saw myself convulsing. I saw everything. I actually went to my funeral. Like I saw all of this and I chose to come back. And 
I don't know why. Um, I just knew that I did and I had to do something drastic to change my life or I would, you know, be stuck in that same pattern of, you know, pretending everything was okay, drinking every, you know, all the time and like numbing everything. So I bought a one-way ticket and I moved to Miami four years ago. So that was really, talk about failing. I had this amazing job and um, people thought I had everything and I basically dropped it all because I knew that if I stayed doing that same thing, I, you know, I probably would have not been as lucky. I would have OD'd again and I would have actually died. So I knew I had to do something different. I didn't know what. And so I basically bought a one-way ticket, moved here and really had to start all over again. And so um, I didn't have a plan. I didn't have a job. Um, so I went from being up here, having everything to, I ended up going back to bartending and serving tables. And for all you know, definitions of people, what they say successful, I went from a director position to serving tables. So I, for me, it was a very humbling experience, but totally necessary because, you know, um, even my family called me like a failure. And, and I thought I was a failure too, because uh, how did I leave everything? You know, but I knew that I had to, to like save myself, you know, personally and, and spiritually because I felt, I, I felt like I wasn't in alignment with my soul and what I was doing. So when I came here, that's when I really started, you know, my whole life I had tried to fix the issue with outside things, drugs, alcohol, working, working out, like things externally. And so for the first time in my life, I started going internally. So I started meditating a lot. And that's really what put me on this path. And so who moved with you when you did that move to Miami? Was it just you? Um, just me for the first few months. And um, I have a cousin that also moved with me. who um, She was part of that old life, but also wanted a change. Because when you're in LA and Hollywood, there's just parties and draw. And like, it's just, hmm. you know, um, it just wasn't it wasn't fulfilling anymore. It wasn't fun. It was just a downward spiral. Okay. And family, family yeah. wise, I guess that was a big shock for the family. So when you did the move, were you at this point, did you have your family's support? No, my family actually, they weren't very supportive. Um, because they're like, what are you doing? You're crazy. You're leaving a stable hmm. job doing all, you know, all these things, right? These check boxes that you're supposed to be doing, you know, yeah. why are you throwing this all away? But I knew that it's something I had to do um, because I knew I, I just, something in me, I was like, I needed to do this. So since then, I mean, I've really like, since my own transformation and really changing my life, like completely changing my life. Like when I think about my old life, I'm just like in shock. Um, yeah. But I knew that I needed to, to go through that because now I can help other people. You know, um, now I can help other people who've been through trauma, who are de severely depressed, who have PTSD. Mm -hmm. You know, if, if the, the prescription drugs, if all the things that aren't working for them still aren't working, there's another way. You know, that's really where the meditation comes in, holistic healing, going to, I'm, I'm plant-based. Um, I, uh, I'm plant-based as well. Yeah. So I, and I actually, I, I avoid telling people that it's vegan because, uh, that scares people for some reason. They're just like, Oh my God. That's exactly yeah. what I was going to say. People get scared and uh, yeah. I'm plant-based and I wasn't always, 
I was I, I was a meat eater all my life. And, Same here. And I'm Portuguese. I was born in Canada, but my parents are Portuguese. Mm -hmm. So I lived I lived in Europe for for twenty something years. Yeah. And the tradition in Portugal is something that uh, I'm pretty sure you're aware of. It's a roasted full baby pig. That's Phil. I'm Filipino, and yeah. same thing. Lechon. It's yes. a whole pig. Yeah. Exact same thing, and the name is yeah. similar. It just has a different. It's Leitão, so Lechon. Mm -hmm. And yeah, and that was that was the hardest thing giving up and i now am fully plant based the whole family is yeah that's and amazing i know it's yeah. uh, more amazing is actually uh because 30 something years or 40 in my case uh i was completely meat eater and then trying to find a menu something mm -hmm. what am i going to cook what are we going to make that's that was the hard part mm. Yeah. Yeah. So. Um, so yeah, I just it, my life is completely different. You know, I used to be so hopeless and frustrated. You know, I would go for days without even getting out of bed because I was so depressed. I didn't know what to do with my life. And now it's so different. Like I have such clarity. I have my purpose. I know that I'm here to help people. You know, um, and it's because I went through that, and I know that there's another way than just drinking and drugging your way through it. So the, yeah. tell me more about the, uh, the out-of-body experience. This is something that actually fascinates me. So um, how, real, yeah. how real is what you're seeing? Is it like uh, you're watching a movie or is it like you're really in the room? You? So uh, I was on the couch and I was like hovering over myself. And I saw everything happening. I saw my body. I saw my friends panicking. I saw what would have happened if I didn't come back. So I saw me seizuring. I saw um, them call the ambulance. Um, I saw myself put in a body bag. I saw my funeral. I just all flashed everything. And um, I went up to call it whatever you want, heaven, bliss, the universe, the other side. And it was the most, it's a words can't describe the feeling of like peace and bliss. But I was given a choice, you know, mm -hmm. you can stay here or you can go back. And I felt that I just wasn't ready to go back. There was still something more I needed to, I, I didn't know what, but I just knew that I had to come back. And so I came back right before they called, you know, the ambulance to, to get me. And I, I came back into like my body and I felt it like, like crazy, but I can, I can see it vividly. I remember all the details of everything that happened. Wow. Yeah. And this was at a party in LA. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So uh, moving to Miami mm -hmm. and uh, I've been there just uh, not too long ago. I was in Miami and you, uh, we both know how expensive it could be living in Miami. Mm -hmm. um, you, did you have your reserve fund when you moved there or was it just you? And I had a, a little bit, but I went through a lot of that. And so I went back to, I was like, okay. Um, I started picking up a few marketing clients here and there. And then I, I had to start serving and bartending again because mm -hmm. I needed the extra cash because I had left everything. But I knew I was determined that like this was, I didn't know what I was going to do. Like everything, would, but I just, it felt right. And my intuition has has led me to so many amazing the more i've trusted in it like the more it's led me to just such amazing like things have just been unfolding like knowing like 
this is what I was meant to do, you know, and I know that there's so many others out there who feel lost, who feel frustrated, who feel hopeless, you know, because a lot of times I feel a lot of Western um, modalities of fixing a problem doesn't really go to the root cause. It goes to, you know, it patches it up. Exactly. It doesn't look at you holistic. I mean, you have to think you're not just your body, you're your, your mind and your soul. Like everything fits together. What you eat, how you think, what you do, the environment, the people you're around, that all is a part of it. You know, we're all energy. And I feel in, it's catching up. You see a lot more people getting into like holistic health and they're seeing that it's not just, you know, our bodies, it's our energy as well. Yeah. You know, it's, it's what we think. It's, you know, cutting off toxic relationships. It's changing our language and our thoughts. And it's all, it's all part of it. Yeah. I, uh, my, my mom, she's always been like that. And she actually, my mom has been, has been vegan for, for a long time. And I never believed in what she believed in the things that she could see. And, and it took me about 40 years to get into thinking like, wow, it's yeah. pretty yeah so about who you surround yourself with in miami do you select now who you're going to surround yourself with so you can i guess feel their positive energy absolutely yeah absolutely and i've become more more sensitive to different energies as well Mm -hmm. um so one um if it's not you know and, and it's not where like i'm it's how do I explain this to people? Usually it's not that like, oh, I don't want to see. I just don't put myself in those situations where I know there's toxic people. Yeah. Um, I'm very selective with, and I can get a sense of how people are by their language and how they are if, you know, the negativity in their language and things like that. So I'm just, I'm an observer, you know, it's, yeah. I observe a lot of people and from how they react and how they interact with other people and the things they say, you can get a really good feel of how people's energies are. So I just, you know, distance and distance myself from people who I can feel are heavy or, you know, because we're not out here to, we can't heal everyone. Everyone's going in their own journey. But if there's people willing to change and to heal, that's who I love working with because they, they, they want to, but they just don't know how. And there's people who just, you know, they can't. And I have family members who are very traditional and stuck in their ways. And, um, you know, I can't force anyone to feel that they think I'm crazy. Like, what is this energy and dreams and seeing stuff like, you know, so I just, you can, you can love people from afar. You know, you don't always have to interact with them, especially, you know, their family. Yeah, I I absolutely agree with that. And I was going to ask you that. Do you try to fix uh, people that you see that have a problem that, that they don't even know sometimes they have a problem? Do you try to fix everybody? No, you know, and, and we're, that's not our, our role, you know, to fix everyone. We can't mm-hmm. fix everyone because there's people who don't even know that they need fixing. And who are we? We're all at different paths, at different journeys. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you can't, and the more you try to fix them, people actually like back off. They're like, what are you trying to do? Like, why are you trying to fix me? No, you know, they get very like defensive. Absolutely. I, so, uh, <laughs> I, I live I that, like I said, with my mom and every time she would try to fix me, I didn't know there was anything wrong. So I kept pushing back and, you know, it can create a barrier. 
mm-hmm. it's not is not healthy yet, so. yeah but what i've learned is that just by me living my life and being an example it's actually and people have seen the change in the past years and how i am and just the energy that i give off and the work that i'm doing they start coming to you they're like you're doing something like what are you doing you know you used to be like this and now you're this like tell me you know so i don't even have to do anything i'm just living my life and helping people and sharing all of this my practices i share my meditations online um i post you know inspirational things and people pay attention and they're like they get curious when they see the results instead of you pushing at them just mm-hmm. leading by example i i really truly feel when you heal yourself that's when other people can see it and then you can that in turn helps heal others but you can't force healing on someone who doesn't even know that they need to be healed. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, cuz I was like that. If someone told me this years ago when I was still stuck in my crazy party days, I would have told them they were crazy and be like, "You don't know me. I would be defensive. You don't know me. I don't I'm fine. Everything's perfect." You know? Yeah. So I wasn't ready. So Mhm. Yeah, yeah, I was I was like that and it would be and actually from defensive to offensive, I I could trade yeah. just like that super quick. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. I I um I noticed we do have several things in common and uh as you were a mediator too and then you mentioned you were blogging as well and this was uh your done that or Yeah, I was I was a food, you know, I I ate a lot of meat. I was actually a food writer and a food blogger back in LA. Okay. Um but now I do write and I blog but um I write about conscious living, conscious lifestyle, um plant-based eating. I blog about meditation, you know. Um I write art my recent article um was about uh sexual abuse survivors and how you can help them um with coping. That was an, an article I had on Elephant Journal. Um So my writing has changed to really reflect the the conscious and holistic lifestyle that I lead now. Very good. So recently uh this is still very fresh in my mind the Tony Robbins deal with the Me Too movement and you see all of that. Yeah. Yeah, I did. Um I'm back. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um yeah, I actually did and what's funny is cuz I actually went to date with Destiny with Tony Robbins 2 years ago mm-hmm. and I I love his teachings. I I love what he's talking about um and he has a quote that he said that still sticks with me uh that I heard at date with Destiny and it's you can't take anyone to a place you've never been. And so because I've been through a lot of shadows and darkness, I'm able to help others. And I'm not defending him and because I I believe in the Me Too movement, but I think also I I know what he was talking about about the whole significance thing because I think with any movement when there's people who are it's us against them it creates friction Absolutely right um and there's never like a one size because there are people who have abused the me too movement you know and they're crying wolf and they're saying this and it's you know so it, there's always two sides I think it's amazing that we're bringing awareness to the issue but there's also been people who've abused that 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 issue as well you know mm-hmm. um so sure. i think to everything same thing with i believe about the feminist movement you know um 
I don't always say like, I'm a feminist. I believe in um, female rights and rights for women, but then there's people who end up just, I feel like are bashing, you know, we're not supposed to man hate or bash other people. We're, we're supposed to help each other out. It's not an us. If you're not with us and you're against us, it's not how, I, I don't believe that's how it should. It's not black or white, you know? Yeah. That would um, be actually going against what you're trying to preach. Exactly. Being equal. You know? That's exactly. Yes. So I feel that's what's happening with the me too movement. People are like, Oh, if you don't believe everything here, then you're against it. And I think because he said something more controversial because there have been women um, who've used it for significance, who maybe lied and said someone did this or that, you mm -hmm. know, to me, even, you know, who knows, it wasn't proved. I don't know. I, I think there's always two sides to every story. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's correct. But I, I think it's, and, and each story is on its own. We can't group it all into one thing. So it's, it's beautiful that the Me Too movement has brought awareness because that's something that I'm very passionate about, you know, as a survivor, um, I'm an advocate and I spread awareness, but I also know that we shouldn't be, we should be inclusive, not exclusive. I agree. Yeah. So now let's talk a little bit about meditation. Mm -hmm. I've always wanted to learn it. And like I said, I had somebody in the family that was uh, willing to teach. I wasn't willing to learn. And now I live 5,000 kilometers away. So how easy is it to learn how to meditate? Do you need actual lessons to learn? I don't believe so because we all have it within us. We don't need anything. We are the instrument, you know? Mm -hmm. I think it's beautiful if you want to go to a, a class and do other things, but you could also meditate just on your own anywhere. And the key thing, um, and this is how I teach, it's not because you can't, because I used to be like this. I, tr I tried to force it. I was like, okay, I'm going to meditate 10 minutes because I'm overachiever. I sit down and the noises get worse. You know, it gets worse. And I'm like, ah, you try, you try too hard to concentrate, but it's mm -hmm. more in relaxing. So the key is to just to focus on your breath. That's the first stage is just your breath. So take a deep inhale in. And when you inhale, visualize the air, the prana, I mean, so your breath is the gateway to your prana, which is your life force. So you, you breathe in, visualize it, like expanding your stomach, your diaphragm. So fill it up when you inhale. And when you exhale, just really deplete, like suck, you, you contract your stomach and let all that air out. Okay. And just focus on it. So follow your, you can close your eyes and follow your breath. So inhale and exhale. And just do that in the beginning. Just focus on your breath. You don't have to dive into meditating for five, 10 minutes. Just do exercises focusing on your breath. So I approach it like a ladder. Instead of this big whole thing, you dissect it into smaller parts. So maybe just for every day for one minute, follow your breath. Maybe do 10 breaths, like conscious that you really follow it. And then you go on to two minutes and three and four. And before you know it, you'll actually, it's about relaxing and just, seeing thoughts but letting them come and go you know and it's really just the breath so they all come to you naturally you're not forcing any of the thoughts no you're not supposed to force because then that's what creates anxiety in your head you know so it's more just relaxing letting it come and go and just go back to following your breath very good i uh, mm -hmm. I, I will try that i actually tried to i joined a meetup group uh, with people that have meditated and I, I haven't attended any yet. So 
Oh, yeah. I'm going to have to try on that. Mm -hmm. So the way I teach is in steps. So I do breathing exercises mm -hmm. and I do a grounding um, exercise. So things that really bring you back to your body. And then I go into guided meditation. So I always tell people meditation, there's so many different ways to meditate, right? Just because one didn't work for you doesn't mean that all other, there's transcendental meditation, there's cycle, uh, cyclical meditation, um, there's mantra meditation, there's yantra, there's so many different types. So find what works for you. There's sound meditations. Um, so, and try different teachers. You know, oh. some people, it's just like when you go to, you have teachers all through school, right? There's yeah. some that resonated with you and some that didn't. You just find what works for you. How about location? Is that, is that important where you are? No, I mean, you should be able to meditate once you, one of my teachers, my meditation teacher actually said, um, the best form of spirituality is, is living your life. So it's easy if you're in an ashram or you're in a temple because you don't have any noise, right? So it's easier to relax. But we have to be out in the real world. When you can bring that calmness to yourself, even on a busy street, Everywhere you go, that's where the real practice comes in, right? When it's easy, of course it's easy. You know, when you have no distractions, no anything. But when you bring it to your real life, that's actually when you start seeing the benefits. So in traffic, in when times that I encounter people that test my patience, I just go, I breathe, and I just go back into that place and I can like relax and observe instead of be more reactive. You know? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So uh, do, you, do you find that it's super easy now to control yourself? Um, a lot than before. Yeah. So every day is different. I have a daily meditation practice. I meditate in the morning and in the evening, and I do breathing exercises all throughout my day. So because, and it's a practice, you know, every day. It's like anything that you do. It's, it's a muscle, you know. It's like you just have to practice it. The more you practice, the easier it gets. I mean, there's days where I have more distractions in my head, but then for the most part, I can go back to that like calmness a lot mm -hmm. easier than when I first started. So it's all practice. Nice. Mm -hmm. So uh, Marianne, I see that you're a, you're an author as well. So uh, yeah. you've written a book or several books or. Um, so I'm writing, uh, I've been featured in, it's called Miso for Life. And it's an anthology of different Asian writers. So I, I do have that published, but I'm working on my own full book. It's a, a memoir slash self-help book talking about my own journey. Um, it's called Survivor to Thriver. So that should be out by the end of this year. And um, it's broken up into two parts. The survivor part talks about how I grew up, the, the abuse, the, um, the drug problems, the drinking problems, everything before. It'll talk about you know, my, my overdose, the near-death experience. And then the Thriver part is really what I want to focus on. That's actually how I got inspired to start the podcast because our past is important. We learn from it. We get, we get strength from it, but it's not what defines us. It's what we do now that affects our, our present day and our future. So I wanted to focus on the now. Like, what can you do now to, you know, really try, conquer, like, and rewrite your story so that your, your past trauma doesn't, doesn't haunt you. You know, how do you do that? And so that's the thriver part. I talk about meditation. I talk about my work with um, 
plant medicine. Um, I talk about mindset exercises, journaling, affirmations, all of that stuff. Very good. And is it easy for you to focus? How do you do? Do you do your writing daily? Do your do you book a time to write? Um, so I actually do a lot of voice memos, and then I get that transcribed. Okay. Because oftentimes I get things that I'm not sitting or typing, so I, I'll write notes to myself. Um, in the morning when I journal, I actually try to write um, a little bit in the morning, and then I do voice memos a lot. So it's just easier that way. Sometimes I'm out and I get like, oh, I need to write this, and I, you know, I get that inspiration, so I do voice memos. So it's been really helpful. What, what do you use for your voice memos? Just my phone. Okay. Um, the, voice, the voice memo app. And then I have a, a VA that transcribes it for me. Oh, very good. Yeah. I write a bit too. And I've been booking like half an hour a day on my calendar. And it's going to be for writing. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if it's because it's booked or not. When it gets to that time, it, it's not my writing time. So I, uh, so I, I don't know if I was trying to figure out if, if I'm doing it wrong because I have it, I believe at 10 o'clock at night, 10 to 10.30 is booked for that. It's not working out. <laughs> so maybe try, because there's times where I've like haven't felt the, or maybe I've, I've gotten um, writer's block and I can't like, I had that dedicated time and I wasn't able to. Yeah. What I've done is something called um, automatic and intuitive writing. Have you heard of that? No, I have not. Automatic and intuitive writing. So what it is is, so before I go to sleep, I have my journal that's always right next to me. Um, I do prompts, like questions, maybe for like a certain chapter or whatever it is that I want to write, you know, because I, I break it up into small parts. And so I put questions, prompts for myself. I read it and then I go to sleep and then right when I wake up. So it's like this golden hour, right when you wake up before you do anything, it's like this window before your logical mind starts like, oh, you have to do this, this, that, that. Like it's just like golden time, like this magical time. Just open your journal, read that and just write. Don't think, just write and you'll be inspired to just answer those questions, write those prompts, and it'll flow. So try that, because that's something that I've done. It's worked a lot for me. I'm glad you touched on the, the golden time, because I set myself a golden time, too, for time away from mm -hmm. the phone. Phone, social media, mm -hmm. and all that stuff. And yeah. I, I learned this with the Jim Quick. He's a brain expert, and I don't know if you've heard. Yeah. Yeah. I've heard of him. Yeah. Yeah. And the first hour and the last hour of the day, he does not, he doesn't approve that people would go near their phones mm -hmm. because uh, you will be in reaction mode. If you pick it up the phone the first hour of the day, you'll be in reaction mode, yeah. reading emails and then answering, fixing other people's problems. Yep. So I, I've been following yeah. that. And yeah. And, and now, so it's my golden hour, the first and the last hour of the day. And I try to actually make it longer as, as long as possible, getting away from, from that phone, yeah. which is an addiction. And yeah. It, it, do you have something like that as well for, for phones particularly? Yeah, I actually, um, I don't always sleep. Well, I don't sleep with my laptop in my room. So I mm -hmm. try to put my phone actually outside 
Um, and in the morning before, and you know, there's times where I do check it, maybe like I have an appointment or something, but for the most part, I try to not look at my phone. So I do my morning practice first, my morning ritual, which involves drinking tea, um, to get my like digestive fire started to write in my journal. I do my meditation practice. Um, and I light Palo Santo and incense every morning and I kind of center myself and I get ready for my day and then things can happen. But I take that time for myself because I think when you take time for yourself and you feel energized and fulfilled, it just starts you off on the right foot for the rest mm -hmm. of the day. You know, what time, what yeah. time does your day start at? Um, I've been working out in the mornings now. So I get up around like five thirty, six o'clock to start that, go get a workout in and then start my day. Very good. Very good. So, uh, we know that you help people that have problems and the ones that, that want to be. So if mm -hmm. our audience, people that want actually want, how can they find you that whole of you? So they can uh, visit my website, uh, MarianneBakalUba.com. And I'm also on Instagram uh, at MBakalUba. But I'm actually launching uh, my course um, that talks, that goes through this whole program, uh, talking about changing your mindset, all that uh, pretty soon. So if anyone's interested or just wants to have, has any questions, send me an email and we can just set up a call. And I'm more than happy to, to help them out. You know, because it has to be, I, I want people who also take action, yeah. you know, because a lot of times we have so much information, right? We read this, we listen to podcasts, we do all this, but yet nothing changes because we don't take the action. So knowledge, the whole thing, knowledge is power. I think knowledge without any action is, is useless because then you just have all this knowledge, but knowledge plus action implementation, that's when you see a shift. Absolutely. That's the reason for it. Yeah fail fast podcast is because a lot of people uh they know mm -hmm. they know what to do they want they know what to do and that's the hardest part is knowing what to do mm -hmm. and and then they don't do mm -hmm. it because they have fear of failing and and that's why i want to show that a lot of people that have failed mm -hmm. and, and continue continue to fail and actually go and do something mm -hmm. become something or somebody Mm -hmm. And like obviously, yeah. I, I failed a lot, and obviously you failed, and it took you somewhere, and mm -hmm. you've probably never been as happy as now. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. If that's it's it's all a learning lesson. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's all a learning lesson, and for me, the best thing I ever did was invest in a mentor and a coach, someone who's already done it, someone who can hold you accountable. You know, someone who will be like, "Okay, did you do this?" Because a lot of times, if no one, you know says anything to anyone you're like okay i'll do that later and later and later but yes you know so that was the best thing so that's why i think having a mentor or coach is helpful because it's someone who will tell you okay you need to do this like do you really want this or not or else it's just talk so it, it keeps you accountable so that's what i do for my clients you know i they say they want it okay but are you willing to put the action because you can only give people the tools but if they don't implement it then you don't see any change yeah exactly yeah yeah so i'll put a link to to your website your instagram on the show notes and then just say, send me a message when when your course is ready and i'll add it to the show notes as a lot of people don't listen to it at the time of launch so yeah we can do that so i also wanted to ask you are you a reader are you a book reader 
All the time. Yes. I'm a, I'm an avid book reader. I have like three books that I'm reading at a time. Wow. Yeah. A lot of people have books that have changed their lives. And mm -hmm. when they read something that they always refer back to that book, do you have one of those? I do. One of the books that really changed my life is um, The Power of Now, Eckhart Tolle. And it talks about the present moment, the now. So most people don't actually live in the now, in the, in the present moment, where we usually live in the past or the future, because most of the time we're in our heads, right? Yeah. So when you're in your head, you're thinking about the past. Oh, you're either filled with regret, shame, anger, because you're thinking about something that happened. Or you're thinking about the future and you feel overwhelmed, you're anxious, something's going to happen, you're worried. But when you actually are in the now at this present moment, and that's why I love meditation because it brings you to this present moment, everything's actually beautiful and okay. Most of the time it's all in, in our head, our minds, you know, our thoughts that drive us crazy. It is, absolutely it is. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, I got to look into that one, right? Yeah, it's an amazing book, amazing book. Perfect. Okay, Marianne, if there's one thing that you want people listening to, if there's one thing you want them to remember, what would that be? It's they always have a choice. You always have a choice. And it was when I decided to change my life and took accountability that I, I was the only one that can change it. That's when shifts started happening. So everyone who's listening, like you have to take control of your life. You are the creator of your life. So your choices matter. So, and we're actually so powerful. We just don't give it our, you know, people don't realize how powerful they are, that they always have a choice. I know that now, but mm -hmm. I, was, I was one of those that I, I doubted everything. I don't have a specific reason for why it changed, but it, it happened and I'm just embracing it, right? Yeah. Well, Marianne, thank you so much for coming to, to the interview. Thank you for having me. And uh, we'll, we'll stay in touch. And, yeah. And then let, let me know. I'll, I'll, send you, um, I'll send you a message when the podcast goes live. Sure. Yeah, let me know if there's anything that I, I can post up, you know, the links, everything, so I can share it with my audience. I will. I will for sure. Yeah. Perfect. And then, again, send us the link when you have your, your course ready, and yeah. we'll share that as well. Sounds good. Perfect. Thank you so much for your time. Thank I, you for having me. I really enjoyed it. Okay. Thank you. Bye. Bye.